and we are live for the 122nd episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lesluigi, and tonight it's just Andrew and I. Andrew, how you doing? I'm here. That's how I'm doing. Andrew, Andrew's, What's going Andrew's on, man? here. I'm here. I'm doing well. Uh, we're recording this Thursday, 6 o'clock, so it's basically our first episode in the second half of the season, and... You know, Things aren't going well. It's uh, It's been a rough start to the second half of the season. Uh, just quickly, obviously, we're going to kind of run through all seven games, all three series. Um, but, yeah, first you start off with a doubleheader sweep against the Astros in Houston. Then you take two or three against the Red Hot O's, who just keep winning against everyone, it seems like. But you lose Michael King, who's arguably been your... Maybe not, obviously, I think Clay's been the best reliever, but Mike King probably been the most reliable reliever, the reliever we've probably used the most this year. So that's just a huge loss. We lose him for all this year and possibly next year. Tommy John is a possibility. So that's just a major blow. So even though we took two or three from Baltimore, it kind of felt like, you know, we just, that, that series was a big L. And then we have a subway series in City Field, right? And, you know, we drop both games, two games. We combine and go 0 for 15 and runners in scoring position, uh, get walked off on Wednesday night. So really rough first seven games of the second half, to say the least. Two and five, you lose two to the, two of the Astros, lose two to two of the Mets, two of your biggest, you know, World Series, you know, contenders, competitors, if you will say. But. But there is some positive news, right? I, like, right after the game ended last night, I think it was 10, 15 minutes after, it's announced that, you know, Jack Curry tweets out that Andrew Benintendi is headed to the Yankees. And, you know, the Yankees, they gave up three minor league pitchers, right? Three guys who none were ranked inside the top 10 in the Yankees' uh, minor league prospects, right? So basically just three minor league arms for a half a year of Andrew Benintendi. A uh, very good trade. Uh, we're going to get on to that. But, Andrew, you said you're here. It's I know you've been kind of very bleak, very kind of negative about this team, and rightfully so. It's been a, it's been a rough month, definitely. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we are 10 and 12 in the month of July at this point. Yeah, 10 and 12 yeah. and 14 and 15 over their past 29 games. Uh, but, look, the, the, the writing has been on the wall. I'm not writing the team's eulogy. I'm not saying the season's over by any means. But, like, the writing's been on the wall far before these last seven games. It just seemed like they kind of lost an edge. And I get it, it's, a, it's a battle of attrition. You're going to lose guys. Players are going to get hot and cold. Some other teams are going to get hot. And you're going to have to deal with that. But uh, they lost those two games at Fenway Park. They, they really struggled at home against Houston uh, earlier in the month. It just seemed like they, they kind of lost whatever edge they had throughout June where they were just going through every team like a hot knife through butter. Now, even when Matt Carpenter was white hot earlier in the month, they were winning some of those games. That was fun. I just never felt like that magic that they had earlier in the year was there. And certainly they can recapture it. All they need is a couple guys to start getting hot. They need the pitching to dial it back in. They could be right back there. But it's been missing for a couple weeks now, like four or five weeks, it's felt like a, like a different team. And with the lead that they had in the division and the unbelievable record they had to start the year, they could really coast to the playoffs at a 500 team the rest of the way. But you're not going to feel good about this team in October if you finished your last 80 games playing 40 and 40, right? So I, for me, I need to see more from this team in, in terms of players not named Aaron Judge, pitchers not named Clay Holmes. Certainly, you're going to have to get Guys like Loizga and 
Chapman back up and running off, off their injuries. I just need to see some guys really step it up. IKF looks like he's starting to turn the corner, but he wasn't great for a while. Glaber hit a two-run home run last night, but he's kind of cooled off for a while. Anthony Rizzo hasn't really done a ton recently. Stands on the IL. It's, there's just a lot of kind of vanilla stuff going on right now, and we're going to need to make some additions or some switch is going to have to flip in the next week or so to really get them back. Cause the schedule doesn't lighten up for, for a while. I, right. I know they play the Royals this week, but it's still, I know, still I know they have, the, they have I believe they have two series against Seattle, if I'm not mistaken in August, you know, we know Seattle's been pretty and they're hot. crazy hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to go real quick, the official trade, the three guys, the Yankees sent to Kansas city, Chandler Chantlin, TJ Sikama and Beckway. Uh, Sikama was a former first round pick. I know he's, this was like his first year kind of actually pitching. So, you know, maybe the Royals are kind of, he's kind of a funky guy. So, Royals are probably just banking on him being good. But yeah, I mean, really nothing of significance. I mean, the Yankees, a very good trade. Um, hopefully the first of a few. But yeah, you know, Andrew, I've, like, I was trying to argue, being like, look, guys, you couldn't expect this team to continue that win pace they were on. But on the other hand, on the other hand, it is definitely a cause for concern because, look, this team can finish, you know, however many games left. This team can finish 65 and up to finish the year. The bottom line is we've still lost five of seven of the Astros. So it's impossible to feel fully confident. No matter what, it's going to be po- impossible to feel fully confident about this team headed into October when our biggest threat in the AL took five of seven from us. And, you know, obviously, like the two wins we had were walk-offs. Yeah, we, we so, led for, for right. no innings in that game. Right, so that, that goes about <laughs> That goes without saying, but yeah, it's definitely not a good start to the second half when, you know, you have two games against the Astros, you lose both. You have two games against the Mets, you lose both. Then look, I think you said this, you know, we all have, we have like our, some, a lot of group messages and we'll have like vlogs in them. And Andrew, like you had such a good point and I agree with this so much when you were saying how, like, you know, everyone's saying, oh, this is the Mets World Series. And you said like, who cares? Like good for them that they're taking a game seriously. And it, that's so true because I was talking about this today with someone that, you can't just like flip a switch. You know, if you're not going to take games in like July and August here, like take those games seriously, man. Like seriously, act like those games are like do or die, like winner take all games, because guess what? Then when you get into October, you're going to be used to it. Like you don't just go hard just in October. You don't just say, all right, guys, you know, we were kind of like in a pretty lax phase off of the year, but now it's October. Now it's time to turn it on. No, man, you got to turn it on in what, April. You know, you got to turn it on in March. That You got to just play. You play one way. You don't play, like, one way in the regular season and another way in October. Like, obviously, baseball gets more tense in October, obviously. But, yeah, I, like, you, like, you were so right when you said, hey, like, who cares that they're acting like it's their World Series? Like, good for them. They just well, won two no, games. Look, and thank you for bringing that up. But, like, part of the reason that I said that is because I saw so many shit takes on Twitter where people were like, well, yeah, this, no, was who Mets, cares? this was the Mets world series. So who cares? We're still in mm-hmm. first place by 12 games. This was their world series. Good. Let them win a couple games. It's like, yeah, I, the record means nothing. The lead in the division means nothing. The right. fact of the matter is, that. is that the Mets it's took how we these lost games seriously games. And, and they took it to us. The Astros, if even with the Red Sox, we're like, they're, they're a disaster right now. Even the games that they beat us, like they got fired up to beat us. And that's what it took. You know, you got to psych yourself up and go out and beat your opponent. And the Yankees, I, it's hard to get critical of Aaron Boone because he's done so much good this year. There are yeah, some some good. blunders kind of rearing their ugly head in the past few we- weeks or so. Like uh, we could talk about the the second game against the Mets. Like we'll, we'll talk about the against, like, Wandy, like Wand- Yeah, using Peralta against uh escobar who rakes against lefties even if it just meant start clay Holmes for one batter and then go to wandy something like that right the gallo pinch it but uh, in general 
Boone hasn't made a ton of like mistakes or, or done questionable lineups or stuff like that. He's been really good with the bullpen. But one thing that's always permeated his entire tenure with the Yankees is that kind of kumbaya attitude. And I think that is kind of where you don't get the team fired up. Like, yeah, you're inherently going to be a little angry against the Astros the first year that it found out that they were cheating. Like, I think they took it to them a bunch in 2019. And then I think they won four to six last year too. But like this year, it kind of seemed like, well, it is what it is. And then the Astros smoked their asses for seven games, right? And you see Pete Alonso fist pumping, screaming in the dugout when he hits a game-tying double in the first inning of the first game of the Subway Series. They had some kind of emotional edge on us that I get the Yankees could turn it on when they want to, but just I would take wins against the Mets and the Astros if it meant giving up games against like Oakland or the Angels or the Pirates. Like you can live with those bad. Like we lost two out of three to the Reds, and in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter that much, right? Like as long as you know that you can compete with the Yankees, and those Mets games were close, no doubt, right? But like I want to see the team have that little bit of an edge, so I know they can they can bring that same fire in October. Yeah, absolutely. And look, just zero for fifteen. With runners in scoring position in two games, it's just that's inexcusable. Like you said, like look, teams that win the World Series don't do that. Like te- teams that win the World Series do not do that. Um, very frustrating. But you know, a guy that puts the bat on the ball a lot, Andrew Benintendi. Um, and this is why I think this is such a good trade because here's a guy who obviously only has three home runs on the year. So you know, don't expect any if you know big flies from him. But you know, he's hit 322, 390 OBP. I believe 295 run with runners in scoring position. Um, very good fielder, right? Gold gut love winner. I believe he won one last year. Not a great arm, but look, there's a guy that is going to be a nice mix in the lineup. So now you have, like, the, I don't know how exactly, because tonight, obviously, they re- released the lineup tonight. Ben Intendi's leading off, DJ's sitting. Uh, probably, you know, probably they're, it feels like, I feel like in the second half, it almost feels like they're sitting one starter every game. You know, like they're just picking a random star. Like, all right, you're sitting tonight, you know, Rizzo tomorrow, Judge. And I get it. You know, you, you're not trying to overwork these guys. You're trying to have these guys fresh as possible. But basically right now, what it would seem, assuming all these guys are healthy come October, the top five in your lineup, and I assume this order would be DJ, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, and then Ben Attendi. And that's that's a pretty damn good top five, if you ask me. I'm not sure if there is another better top five. Maybe the Houston, maybe the Dodgers could have something to say about that. But, man, that's a pretty damn good top five. Yeah, look, I, I was kind of thinking, oh, I want the, the on-base guy at the top of the order, maybe kick DJ down. But uh, G, made a good, G made a good point this afternoon when we were talking about it. He said, like, I don't mind the high batting average guy right behind the heavy hitters. Because what happens is those guys take a lot of walks because yeah. pitchers are afraid to hit afraid mm-hmm. to pitch them, and then you get a guy like Donaldson coming up in a big spot and gagging away. You get a guy like like Anthony Riz, uh, excuse me, Anthony Rizzo, Aaron Hicks or, or Glaber Torres, right? Like they're they're kind of hit and miss. Like Hicks has been better, Glaber's had some moments, but they're not really super clutch guys. But you get a guy like Ben Intendi, like I'm not saying he's got that clutch gene in him, but he's gonna put the bat on the ball, right? He's not going to hit into a ton of double plays, not gonna strike out and strand runners on second and third with one out kind of thing. Like, even if it just means hitting the sack fly, like that, that matters. Those kind of things are what allow you to win days where you go 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. Like if you get two sack flies on top of that, then those are two runs that you may have earned. And then you, you, you tack on a, a solo home run or two and it, you have enough to win, right? So like 
they haven't been doing that. They haven't been producing enough runs. I think Ben attending the middle of the lineup, it's, it's a little unconventional, but it, it certainly should work. Yeah, uh, like, here, here's the thing. You could have either DJ or I mean it depends. We got to feel like against right, maybe against righties, they because obviously Ben attending against lefties isn't that good. So maybe they just kind of switch it. Maybe they move things around, see what works best. But I mean DJ's been pretty damn good in that leadoff spot, especially lately. I mean he's been on fire. So I, I think it would be kind of tough to move DJ out of that leadoff spot. But we'll see. I mean we'll see. Obviously DJ said tonight and Ben attendee is leading off. So and <laughs> just so funny how it's obviously. You know, it's Yankees rolls this weekend, right? It's former team right off the bat. So funny how that works. But is this, Andrew, is this the only move or is this the first of many moves? I would really like to believe it's the first of many moves. Now, the the actual magnitude of those moves remains to be seen. If they go out and they get a fringe reliever who may have uh, not quite a, a Clay Holmes trajectory, but like a, a nice turnaround, someone that they, they see something you get in the Matt Blake pitching lab, right. And it can be a little better. That's certainly a, a nice addition. I don't think a, a monster move like a Juan Soto is on the table. I don't think they're going to swing a trade for like we, we mentioned what, what if the white Sox decide to sell? And I don't think they will, but like a, what if Lucas Giolito or Lance Lynn are on the table? Like, I don't think something like that is going to happen. Um, right. So you're probably not getting like, like an ace either outside of a guy like Luis Castillo. Now it's interesting. The Tigers say basically everyone was on the table and that includes young starter Tark Skubal, who's been awesome this year. He's been a little, little cooler in the, in the second half of his season this far, but like through the first 10, 11 starts, he was like elite, right? And he's got four years team control, being paid nothing right now. He's awesome lefty, using his off speed, his slider, and his changeup rates way up. Like he just, just really just trying to blow everyone away with his fastball his first year or two. But he's he's way more off speed heavy now. That would be an interesting get, right? And I, I think we watched Jordan Montgomery call up a four spot against the Mets in the first inning. And now you're thinking like, yeah, his numbers like okay, but do you feel comfortable with that guy in game three of a playoff series? I, I don't really. So they got to make definitely a, a starting pitcher ad, and I'd like it to be someone better than like Jose Quintana. Yeah, you see, that's that's the thing. I, the two weirdest kind of factions of like Yankee fandom are Gumby defenders and IKF defenders. Like, like I don't hate either guy, but I also kind of realize what both guys are. Like, they're just both like kind of average, middle of the road players. You know, like Gumby's done a good. Like Gumby's had a very good season overall. Um, obviously his last couple starts have not been good, but it's just one of those things where you say to yourself, yeah, like, look, it comes down to, do you trust him on the mound in the postseason? And a lot of people would say yes to that, but I don't know. It's just, he's a guy that like, I'm always scared about guys with his type of stuff and in the postseason, you know, like Nestor is one thing because obviously Nestor doesn't throw hard either, but he's so funky and so deceptive that you, like, I trust Nestor way more than I trust. Like Gumby's just way too basic and just doesn't have overpowered stuff that, it's kind of a scary matchup against like a really good lineup in the postseason. So yeah, I definitely think like, look, Luis Castillo, that's the guy. Um, I, ever since he made that start at Yankee stadium and basically just mowed down the Yanks over like, I believe seven innings. Uh, I've wanted, I, I've wanted him since then. Uh, he's always been, you know, it, it feels like Luis, it's, Luis Castillo is one of those guys that has been on the trade deadline and been on like the trade block for each of the last like three or four seasons. It feels like, like every year, it's like, oh, Luis Castillo, well, maybe he gets moved, and he never does. But it feels like this is the year he gets traded. And I really think that's the, who the Yankees should uh, zero in on. But more honestly, I know there. it feels like there's more good starting pitchers available than there are bullpen guys. But, man, with King going down, 
I think they need a bullpen guy because look, last night I get people being mad because a few people in our chat were saying, you know, why is Wandy Peralta in? And I, I said, I was like, look, who do you want Boone to put in? I get not wanting, maybe like saying, like you said, all right, leave Clay in to face Escobar because uh, he kills lefties and then put Peralta in. But like overall, it's like, yo, who, if, you know, if he had to go from someone else to Clay, he didn't want to overuse Clay, which is understandable. Like, who do you want him to go to? Like they, yeah, use, I think the only guy, left, the, the guy. only guys left were were Marinaccio, who had already thrown two innings yeah, like, before. And, so and you want him to go to Abreu? Like you know, it's, it's one of those things where you say to yourself, like at a certain point, like that's my biggest pet peeve because people will do that all the time. Like a, a coach with a depleted bullpen will bring in a guy, a reliever who's not good. And people are like, oh, he's bringing in this guy. I said, oh, who do you want him to put in? He's got to put yeah, in the someone. other guy you hate like, just as much. Like yeah, like he's he's got it's slim pickings out there right now without King. And he'd already uh, used all of his his yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like why is the guy used? Uh, like uh, Licky, I believe, you know, Marinaccio typically p- pitched the night before. So yeah, you just, Chapman hadn't pitched that game, but like if he coughed up that game instead of Peralta, yeah. people would be calling for his head. So like, what the hell? Exactly. The That's the thing because if he puts if he puts Chapman in, what are people saying? Like, oh, great, Chapman's in. I'd rather him over Peralta. No, the people are still going to be saying why is Chapman in? So damned if you do, damned if you don't. But yeah, I. I, the Yankees need bullpen help, man. It really just comes – it's as simple as that. Um, yeah, and I think part of what they're going to bank on, which I don't agree with, and I hope I'm wrong about this, but I think part of what they're going to bank on is Jonathan Loisga returning to form because if he's what he was last year, he's everything we lost in Mike King. So that's a wash. That You, you, you take your losses there, right? Losing Mike King sucks for sure, but Loisga slots right in your eighth inning, and you're fine. You get Chapman back up to speed, that's another bull bullet in your chamber you get zach Britton coming off an injury maybe he somehow figures it out real fast and he can be another addition to the bullpen cool right maybe maybe clark schmidt like there are internal yep. options but if you can go ahead and get a guy who's like a bona fide seventh inning guy it's malpractice if you don't yeah yeah uh and you know obviously marinaccio threw last night and i believe the stat in his last 70 batters face he's allowed one hit yeah, which is just teen innings one, which run, is right? which or is one. just which is just wild. Obviously, I believe he's got like eight or nine walks in there, but it's you know it's like the Britain thing, right? He's not going to just be throwing the ball in the zone a lot. He's day hey, as a result, he's going to walk some guys. But you know, in his mind, he'd rather walk a guy every other inning than give up a hit, right? And give him a good pitch to hit. So yeah, Marinaccio has been awesome. Like you said, Clark Schmidt has had some good innings this year. They're probably both relying on both those guys to possibly step up and be good arms for him, but. Yeah, Loisaga, like, see, that's the thing with Loisaga that's odd. Obviously, his numbers are so bad this year, but his stuff's still there. It's not like he's his fastball is at, like, sitting at 96. Like, he's still reaching 100, right? His stuff still looks the same, but... Yeah, he was painted 99-100 the other night. Yeah, like, he looked yeah. good. He looked so, good. hopefully, hopefully he comes back to what he's been over the last few years. And I think part of you look at his numbers is, is skewed by the fact that he had a shoulder injury, right? It's the same thing that we're saying with Chapman, that when he went on the IL immediately after he was getting tagged, he had the, the Achilles injury, right? So how much of it was him missing his spots, not being able to control his pitches and how much of it was those things were attributed to the injury he was going, he was dealing with. Right. So that still remains to be seen. You got to get 20, 25, 30 innings out of these guys healthy. And then you can really make some more of a judgment. Chapman hasn't looked as good since coming back. But I think he's a guy who needs a lot of fine tuning, and then once he hits a zone, he's 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 there. Uh, but yeah, you, you got to go out and get another reliever for sure. As as importantly, if not more than a starter. Yeah, that, and that's like the shitty part is that oh, there's way, it feels like there's way more good starters out there than are good bullpen guys. But you kind of need more 
bullpen guys. But yeah, so looking at Andrew Benatendi, some of his just to go over some of his uh, you know percentile rankings, he's 89th in expected batting average, only uh, 17% in barrel percentage, uh, 78% in whiff percentage. So a guy that makes contact a lot, doesn't strike out a lot. Also very good eye, 82nd percentile in chase rate. 70th percentile on walk rate. So they're getting a guy who's a good, solid hitter. And it really, like, I think I believe it was G who said it. It's a, just a got nice to get a good balance in the lineup. You can't have, like, how many times have we seen Yankees lineups we talk, in the playoffs? And we talk about it all the time, just with a bunch of guys, homer, bus guys, big boppers. And you face a good pitcher in a lot of those games, and they look like a bunch of JV high school guys facing an MLB pitcher. So having a guy like Ben Intendi in there, that kind of balances that out. That's going to be a guy that, and look, Ben Intendi obviously, you know, former Red Sox, obviously used to be a guy that I'm sure a lot of Yankee fans have said some bad things about. But, you know, he's got some big-time playoff experience, right? He's won a ring. He's been, like, probably played – I'm not looking up his stats right now, but he's probably played at least 30 or so playoff games. So it's going to be a guy to ha- nice to have in October, right? Lights aren't going to be too big for him. And, like I said, just a solid, good all-around ball player. And we all thought that it would be the end of Joey Gallo. Right, like all right, Gallo's gone. Gallo's in the lineup tonight with Ben. He's never Tendi. going away. Like it's it just like, huh? I'm like, the, I'm like, are the Yankees just trolling us? And speaking of trolling us, I mean, let's just like kind of spend a few. But I really just want to spend a few minutes on that pinch hit. I mean, you you talk about just the definition of like bizarre world, and I really think that at that point that was almost Boone just saying like. I'm not sure if he fuck was saying it, fuck why not? Gallo, fuck the Yankees, fuck the front office, fuck the analytic team for like, you know, saying good things about this guy. Like, cause that was just the definition of the thing. Like you could not have a worse matchup. Like obviously at th- that point it was, it was Ottavino in the game and he pinch hits judge, but, or pinch hits Gallo. But, you know, Boone after the game, he didn't even say, cause you would expect him to say like, oh, well I put in Gallo for the possibility of the home run, right? IKF was up. Um, you know, IKF hasn't had a home run all year. Gallo is still a, somewhat of a power threat, so I just put Gallo. No, he didn't say that. He said, oh, for the walk. And he also said to force them to bring Edwin Diaz in to get four outs. Like, so just almost like not like almost like a nothing amp, not even like a good enough answer to even like believe. Like, all right, dude, you just did that to like to like troll everyone, you know? It, well, here's it was really what I just think. unbelievable. I... And especially with IKF being on a 13 game hitting streak, and he had two hits that night. And it's like, dude, like ha. Like I'm not like I said, like I'm not a big IKF guy, but Jesus Christ, how do you pinch hit? Like how do you pinch hit for a guy who's got two hits, hits that night? Yeah, that's it, even if they were just measly base hits, right? Like who cares? He got two hits. He couldn't have waited to see if he got on and then pinch hit for the catcher, like with guy. I don't know, but I think part of this at this point is that the Yankees are kind of reserved to the fact that they're gonna move on from Gallo in the, in the next few days. Hopefully, knock on wood. Watch, he's on the roster and. October at at this point, I just but, don't believe it, dude. At this point, yeah, but, I just do not. I'm like, he's got, like people like everyone's been saying, oh yeah, there's no way he's gonna be. Oh, I'm like, dude, I don't know. Until it happens, I just don't believe it. Until I just yeah. see him in another uniform or see the Yankees PR tweet saying, hey, Joey Gallo has been traded for like you know the 88th ranked prospect on the. Well, Miami I think Marlins. they're like, trying dude. to move him, and I think they wanted to see if, eh, maybe we throw him in the spot, maybe he hits a random home run, maybe that boost his trade value a little bit, right? It's the same reason why they've kept Andujar in in AAA the whole year. Like, he could definitely be a better player than than a Gallo type, certainly not defensively or, or as good of a base runner, but he's much better hitter. 
but if he's getting irregular bats in the majors, his trade value is less than if he's raking in AAA every day, and people see that as the upside, right? So I wonder, and that's probably why Gallo's starting again tonight. They probably want to be like, look, we're going to cut you in four days if we can't get a trade partner. So like, let's just see if we can squeeze he, anything out outside of the thing, towel. Like, no matter what, he could literally play the next four games, go 0 for 16 with 16 strikeouts. He's not going to lose any value. His value could only go up by playing. Right, like, hey, exactly. if he fucking you know hits out a couple home runs, it's like, hey, really, this guy can hit a couple home runs. Hey, San Diego, you want to give like, us some? Hey. So yeah, it's like I said, I'm not going to believe it until it happens. Until I see that Yankees PR tweet that Joey Gallo has indeed been traded for a new pitching machine or a new uh, baseball turtle. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We shall see. Um, but yeah, overall, like, I'm still worried about our bullpen. Um, ben Attendi definitely is a good trade. It definitely, we virtually gave up nothing for him. I mean, I'm pretty sure the only prospect that most Yankee, like, you know, most hardcore Yankee fans even knew before that trade was TJ Sikama, right? Like the other two guys, I'd say like a good amount of Yankee fans didn't even know who they were. So yeah, Beckway's actually, Beckway's actually the best prospect. Right. He's got the most upside. But, But the one thing I will say is that all three prospects and Joel Sherman had a really good article today in the New York Post. I don't know if you got a chance to read it, but he was talking about how all, of all the players drafted by the Yankees um, like throughout their career, like 57 of them are still in baseball, uh, which is like third most behind the Astros and the Dodgers, obviously, right? And I mean drafted, right? So like Glaber doesn't count, um, all of our best players. So like Judge is one. But then you know, after Judge and – I'm blanking on this right now, right? Like Montgomery – uh cortez technically even though he like went away and came back kind of thing like you get you get to guys like garrett whitlock and rob ref snyder and jorge mateo like those are guys who started their careers with the yankees like so they they traded away all these guys and moved on from like there's very few guys that the yankees have traded away in in over the last five ten years for for players that ended up being bona fide studs or, or guys that were in their system um like gary sanchez is one too obviously right um like the guys who were, who not who they who they ended up not trading, who still haven't broken through, who we were like. Remember the trade for we didn't want to make for Garrett Cole in 2019 when he went to Houston was Frazier and Andujar, right? Like in hindsight, <laughs> fools not making that trade, right? Like I get yeah. we saw the upside in both those guys, but none of those guys like Frazier's in AAA and Andujar's in AAA. Like they've had a cup of coffee sometimes. Like I know Andujar was one of the rookie of the year in 2018, but like they haven't really had any consistent time outside of that. Like. Sometimes you just got to bite the ball and make the trade. So what I'm saying is all these guys they traded are all single A pitchers and years away. Now, if they end up being good pitchers in five, six years, you can live with that. If the, if you get something out of Ben and Tandy now, right. And now if you think of a bigger trade prospect, like even if you're trading your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth guy, like if they end up being good in three, four years, but you get an impact starter, like let's say Luis Castillo for two or three years, that's still worth it. It's very rare that you get a guy like look at the Sonny Gray trade. He was really a disaster for for the Yankees, right? But look what they traded away, like Caprillion, Mateo, Blake, uh, Blake Rutherford. I think was actually in excuse me, like the the Frazier, Canley, Robertson trade. But, um, Dustin Fowler was there. Like very like sometimes even with the trades, you you don't get anything out of the what the guy you got. What you traded away turns into nothing as well. So I I, I tend to be kind of a prospect hugger. But not like a we can't trade any of these guys ever. But in a sense of like, I want to get some value for. I don't want to just throw them away. Like I saw someone say like, oh yeah, uh, Jason Dominguez for 
for Bednar on on Pittsburgh. So what do you meant though? Like I get it. He's like, what, you? like you're to, what, what kind of thing is that? But but you do have to be willing to move on some of these prospects if you get real major league talent that can impact your season and help you win a World Series. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> nah, let's trade one of our best prospects for a reliever who's having a pretty good year. Uh, that sounds like a, sounds like a good move. Uh, what could go wrong? Uh, relievers totally have like most relievers totally have like super long shelf lives and don't like flame out after a few years for the most part, you know, so that, that shouldn't be an issue. Um, but yeah, like, look, I, I totally agree. Like, you can't prospect hug. And I forget, I'm not sure if it was Sherman or someone else, but they basically wrote an article like yesterday or two days ago. I basically said like, look, if you like prospect, a lot of the Yankee prospects, like be, be ready to say goodbye to a lot of them because the Yankees are not afraid to trade prospects. And speaking of trading prospects, it doesn't sound or appear that the Yankees are at the forefront of the Juan Soto trade talks. They're certainly, you know, in the mix, but according to Twitter sources and, you know, who the hell knows with this, especially after Twitter was reporting that Max Scherzer was close to going to the Padres in the offseason, apparently the Padres are – the talks have intensified, quote unquote, since last night with uh, Juan Soto. So we'll see. Like, look, I'm like, I hate to, like, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm never going to say like, eh, I really don't want Juan Soto. Like, of course I want one. Like Juan Soto is an incredible hitter, but I don't know. It's just not, it's something that like, I really think getting Ben intent, like getting, let's say, hypothetically speaking, let's say we get, okay, we get an outfield, good hitter, good starter and a good reliever. Right, like or like at least like a solid, like all solid starter, solid reliever. I think that helps us improve our team more, and we probably have to give up less, considering like the Nationals are probably trying to get like a ransom for Juan Soto. So we'll probably give up less for three good players that could help us in each of different aspects than just Juan Soto. Who look like the Yankees really don't need outfielders like for this year. Like, and I'm not talking like, look, I get like Juan Soto, we'd have him for the next like two and a half years at least, but. I'm just thinking about this year. I'm not thinking about next year or the future. I'm just thinking about this year and winning the World Series this year. That's all I'm thinking about. And I think getting, like, let's say, Luis Castillo and David Robinson would benefit us more than getting Juan Soto this year. Next year and the year after, probably not. It would probably benefit us more getting Juan Soto. But this year, I think we would be better off getting a starter and a reliever, and we'd probably give up less doing so. Yeah, I think that, that that's a that's a fair analysis. Um, the question is, how much are you willing to part with, right? And then you look at a team like the Dodgers and the Astros, who consistently go and get those big fish. Like, sometimes it's okay to trade your number one or two or three prospect, as long as you have the wherewithal to restock your farm system perpetually. Like the Dodgers are always trading top talent, and very rarely are they at a, at a huge loss, right? Like someone goes down on their major league roster and they had no one in the minors to fill the spot. Like the biggest prospect they've traded away, you'd probably say Jordan Alvarez, right? But outside of that, they trade some good guys. Maybe they end up having decent careers elsewhere. But as long as like the Yankees draft the next Anthony Volpe in, in next year's draft, then like it's a non-issue if you trade him right now, right? Like there's no guarantees on any of that. Uh, but international scouting, through the college scouting and the draft, like sometimes you got to be willing to move these guys and just trust yourselves that you can replace that talent within a year or two. Right. Exactly. It's like, look, I've, when a teams are in win now mode, like, I'm sorry, unless you have like, you know, 
the next fucking Mickey Mantle or like that can't miss prospect of the future that is literally untouchable. Like you got to be willing to trade prospects. Like it's simple as that. Like you're the Yankees. You have such a good team right now. It's like you shouldn't be worried about, you know, trading either one of, you know, Volpe or Domingo. You really can't if it's going to get you a guy that you believe is going to significantly improve your chance to win it all this year, something you haven't done, you know, almost 15 years. So yeah, the, the time is, the time is now. And obviously, like we said, you know, the Astros going to be tough this year. You know, the Astros seems like they had our, they had our number in the regular season. You know, there's a lot of like obviously the Mets and Dodgers. Like I figure one of the Mets, Dodgers, or Braves will come out of the NL. All those teams are tough, so it's going to be tough to win it all this year. But like like it is every year. But yeah, um, it's and look, the thing with Soto, and it's so true, and you always have to think of it like this. Like, hey, if we don't get Soto, someone is right. Now that's assuming he's true because I feel like. It may be like, you know, me and my crossboard analogies. Like, it may be like a KD situation where like a trade just doesn't happen very quickly because like the the asking price is just way too much and no one's willing to do that. So I feel like if I had to guess like a most likely outcome for Soto, I would guess like a trade happens maybe like in the off season because I don't. I just don't think like a trade like I. I think it's more likely. I wouldn't like you know be shocked if a trade happens because it's been talked about so much before the deadline on a Tuesday. But I do think it's more likely that, you know, no one gives uh, the Nationals an offer good enough, and then it kind of just goes into the offseason and he gets traded, like, sometime in December. But we'll see. Uh, we'll definitely see. Uh, it's it's definitely – look, it's it's a guy who's 23 years old and already one of the best hitters in baseball, So and two and a half years of team control. So it's definitely enticing. But, like I said, I think the Yankees are better off getting a couple arms because that's what they need. You know, it's, it's like Juan Soto is awesome, but is he going to pitch the eighth inning? You know, it's, it really comes down Look, to that. Man, that, that, that. That King injury was just, it's just deflating. It was deflating. And we won the fact that we won the game that night, you know, we won yeah, that and game. I think Clay and Holmes had to pitch two innings. For, yeah, he, for he, uh, he got five, five out saves. And it really, yeah, like, it was one of those wins. Like, like I was, try, I tried to be happy about it, but then I was like, wait a minute. That's, that's, that's oh, I was awesome. miserable. Like I, even yeah. I woke up the next morning and I was just like, fuck my king's dead like i'm despondent like this sucks <laughs> yeah i mean and really like the fact that i believe they said eight to ten weeks they're going to reevaluate him see if they, he needs tommy johnson and they said we, there's we still some concern, until 2024. Yeah, the that's that's we may not sing mike king until 2024 which is just wild um uh, anything else about uh trade deadline targets anything else before we kind of just wrap the show up with a little quick look ahead of the weekend series against the royals yeah, no, I think we, we touched on all the, the major targets that have been floated. Now, the Yankees, Cashman hasn't gotten the name Ninja Cash for, for, for no reason. <laughs> like, there, there is going to be someone that we get who's on no one's radar and right. just pop up uh, at the 11th hour. But uh, the, the, the main guys that we've been rumored to be in on, or at least in the conversation, uh, that we touched upon them all. Right, just a guy who has like a 7.8 ERA for some like NL team who comes to the Yankees and posts like a... 1.5 ERA over the next two months. Classic Cashman move, Clay home style. Um, guys, AL East, since we last spoke, it, you know, remember we were talking about what we thought the AL East. Well, right now, the Red Sox are all alone in last place. Um, and since, also, since we last recorded, they lost the game. I believe the final score was 28 to 5. Jesus. Um, yeah. Just one of those games that, like, didn't, it was, I believe it was 23 to like 2 at like the fifth inning. It was one of those games that, like, didn't feel real. Like I, I just like it was an inside the park. I believe Grand Slam with uh, Duran just fucking <laughs> didn't even 
never saw the ball, and then once he did see it, didn't even make an effort for it. it was that was wild. that was the most damning part of the play. It was just he just, wild, he just quit on it. And like all those like comp like the Red Sox, like and people have been saying this, and it took me like they are literally one of the worst fielding teams you're ever gonna see. Like there's a, I think, I think it was a John Boy Media post like a two and a half minute compilation of them just missing pop ups over like a two three week span. And there was like 20, 30 pop ups in here. Yeah, and then there was that game on Sunday where they misplayed three straight ground balls. Yeah, so it's been unbelievable. Um, yeah, right now the Baltimore Orioles are one of the hottest. They've kind of sizzled off a bit. They're five and five in their last ten, but hey, they're still fifty and forty nine, only like three games out of a wild card spot. Like they have a legitimate shot at making the playoffs. The Rays have lost six of seven, um, so they're kind of flailing just a bit. But yeah, as of now, Yankees eleven and a half games up in the division, so still a good lead, right? But only two games up on Houston, right? It's Obviously, we all know, like we've said, those two teams end up tied. Houston does get the tiebreaker. So, yeah, it's Yankees are 17 and 17 over their last 34. But, hey, we got a four-game set against the Kansas City Royals this weekend at the stadium. Got to take three here. Got to take three. I know it's like it's tough to, like, care too much about the individual games. Like, I think I'm going to be more focused on like how Ben and looks and how he fits in with this lineup. And hopefully he has like a big opening weekend against the former team. But yeah, like I'm, I'm still focused on that race with the Astros and yeah, the two game, two game lead on them late July when they own the tiebreaker is just very scary. Very scary. Uh, Andrew, your favorite pitcher, Jameson Tyone gets the ball tonight against Kansas city. How do you think he's going to do? And by the time this comes out, it will already be, uh, will already, he'll already have pitched. So, so I'm on record said. now. <laughs> and I, I, I could be very right or very wrong. Uh, I was actually talking to my boss today, and I told him that he should bet the under eight and a half. Um, I just feel like it's going to be a ugly low scoring game. But so naturally, be because seven, I say that, it's it going to be like seventy two after seven. one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I, I don't think Jamo's going to pitch bad because he seemed to handle shitty offenses and the Royals just traded us arguably their best hitter. Yeah. I was about to say they, the so. shitty Royals offense just traded their one guy who was hitting above 300. And that was a good hitter. So there's that. Um, like I said, the fact that Gallo's in the lineup tonight is just hilarious. Like I, I think I, I saw the stat that he's like three for four in his career against Brady Singer. Yeah. That probably sense, probably. But that was probably like five years ago. Um, but <laughs> I, it would, it would just be the funniest thing. I would laugh so hard. It would have been hilarious. I mean, as unlikely as it was, I can't even say it would have been funny because we all just know that Joey Gallo, who's literally the guy striking out like the most in all of baseball percentage-wise, facing the guy who's striking out the most guys percentage-wise in almost the history of baseball, like that was the most the worst matchup you could possibly imagine. But it would have just been it would be so funny if Joey Gallo tonight just puts two out. It would just be like it's not it's probably not gonna happen. It's literally like a 05 percent chance of it happening. But it, man, if that ha- if I Joey Gallo gets up and he just cranks one to right, I'm gonna manically laugh for five minutes. It's gonna be great. It's not gonna change anything, but it'll just be very hilarious. Oh God, good old Joey Gallo. Uh, I, I have I have no comment on Joey Gallo. No <laughs> just we're we're burnt out on Joey Gallo. Um, on some news, because I'm reading some quotes from Boone's uh, interview, uh, Aaron Judge is going to be playing a lot more right field now. Uh, they're going to, I guess, with Stanton out for probably the next few weeks, they're going to go Benintendi left, Hicks center, Judge right. So I guess that makes sense. Uh, I like that. Yeah, because, you know, with Stanton out, Hicks really is like doesn't play right field. So I get that. Um, also, <laughs> 
uh, Aaron Boone called Benintendi a left-handed DJ LeMahieu. Uh, it's funny. I saw someone say that like peep, this is what like Benintendi is what like Yankee stands think IKF is. <laughs> I was like, this is so just like a guy who's like that's yeah. like a guy who like hits like over three hundred with like you know no power. It's like. Yeah, like if you have no power and you're hitting 260, like you're not doing it. Like you know, you have no power, you better be hitting over 300 and not, you know, close to a 400 OBP. Like it's as simple as that. Right, that's the thing. He's, he draws walks too. IKF yep. never ever walks. Yeah, like I said, he's you know 80th percentile in walks. Uh, you know, that doesn't really you know Benintendi really doesn't barrel up a whole lot. But um, what about how about, how about the percentile ranks of IKF with his uh barrel percentage? Like that was uh, I sometimes refuse. not barreling the ball is is better, right? You think about how many times right. we've gotten unlucky with the bases loaded, barreling it up, and it hits it's right at, at an outfield or a line drive right at the first baseman. Sometimes not hitting the barrel and just dropping in a bloop single is, is more effective. Like I know that seems kind of counterintuitive, but sometimes it works. You know, like the, the they posted the pick. I think it was like one of those baseball pages on Twitter. Oh, well, well, the Gallo versus IK. Yeah, it's like just like percentage of barrel like percentage. Gallo's barrel percentage ninety 98%, whiff percentage 1%. IKF barrel percentage 1%, whiff percentage 99%. And it's so well, funny. And, with that's per, and that's percentile. So, yeah, so oh, yeah percentile. Right, right, right. But like, it's so funny with Gallo because people will all like the Gallo defenders. Like, oh, well, like his hard hit percentage is this. And I'm like, yeah, because he, he hits the ball like fucking 30 percent six of the time. times a week yeah so when he does hit the ball it's hard but he never hits the ball what's what point are you making right that's oh, percentage God. not not total right. number of barrels because he'd be exactly. way 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 down on that list so yeah um like i said like i don't hate ikf ikf's been solid i, I actually felt very bad for him then pitching and pinch hitting him like imagine you're ikf you're probably saying like dude what the fuck am i supposed to do i got two hits for gallo that's the guy for, you're taking me you, out for really you, it's like this guy is literally hitting 150 oh god um but yeah, Andrew, you got anything else for tonight? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's it. Obviously, we're gonna have another episode the next time. Hopefully, if we get another big trade, we'll definitely hop on for a quick episode, especially if it's or if all else fails, maybe one. like next Tuesday after. Uh, yeah, after this Orioles series, you know, kind of a little post-trade deadline recap. See if any big names move. I'm sure there's obviously there will be some trades, but you know, see if Soto moves, Luis Castillo. It's going to be – see, that's the thing. It's going to be very frustrating if we – and I have – I'm just going to go out and say, like, I do feel like Cashman does have a couple more moves up his sleeve. Like, maybe it's not Luis Castillo. Maybe it's not the guys we're envisioning, but – Maybe it's your boy, Wilson Contreras. Man, that would that would be a great get. Like, I, I don't think they would do that because Trevino has been very good. And I yeah, do you almost they, have to because I think Houston's going to get him if we don't. Yeah. That sucks. Dude, like, I, like I said with Soto, it's like that's the thing. You say, oh, we, you know, we really don't need this guy. But then you think of like, well, one of the you know other you know however many handful of contenders that have a shot at like possibly beating you in October, what if they get them and that puts you them over the top, over you? It makes it much tougher. But the, I look. The fact that the Yankees got Benintendi, I think that kind of just showed them like, okay, like we're not confident we're getting Soto. Like we're not trying to give up, you know, Peraza and Dominguez and like all of our top prospects and probably like a Glaber or whoever else just for like Soto. And then also, cause like, I think with getting Soto, it's like, you're also just risking losing judge. Like that's like, and like, look, I get saying, Hey, we will, we'd rather have Soto long term over judge. Cause he's seven years younger. I get that. But, like I keep saying, I'm thinking of this year. And Judge has been the best hitter on baseball. I'm like, why get Soto and possibly like cause more friction and drama in the clubhouse for this year with that already looming? So I don't know. That's just kind of where I am, where I'm at with the whole Soto situation. I'd much rather the Yankees 
add a few arms because that's that's what they desperately so need. And you really can't look at the stats overall because you say, oh, well, the Yankees have the third best pitching and the third best area. Yeah, that was with Michael King. That was with our entire starting rotation. Let's face it, like pitching out of their minds. Like we all knew that Nestor wasn't going to have like a 1.6 ERA all year. We all knew Tyone and Gumby weren't going to, you know, have like a high two, low three ERAs all year. We're like, we knew that wasn't going to like keep up, right? Like we knew that it was going to regress to the mean and it has. And, you know, we're a 17 and 17 team in our last 34 games as a result. So yeah, we need some arms. Simple as that. For sure, man. That's just, uh, <laughs> more as importantly as us improving the roster is, a team like Houston or the Mets not making significant upgrades. Right. Right. Sure. You know, they're going to, I just, it sucks that everything you do, it may just be to tread water and not gain on anyone. Yep. Yep. But like I said, we shall see the trade deadlines Tuesday, four games set against the Royals this weekend at the stadium. seems like this is the first time the Yankees are at the stadium all second half. Right. So it's been like almost two, two, two and a half weeks since the game at Yankee stadium. It's been a while. So, for Luigi, for Andrew, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. Let's get some pitching.